Today on Movie Wars, we do our Oscar nomination reactions and the 2021 end of year roundup. It's time for Movie Wallace. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallace is a weekly dose of film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for us and you and everyone. Yes, and you and you and you. Yeah, and it's actually a kind of cheat because um, there are many movies that we didn't get around to giving full reviews to. So we figured that we'd use this opportunity to review the Oscar nominations, then fill in all the gaps of the movies that we watched so that we never talked about. So, so many. So bring snacks. I was going to say, you skipped right over the banter there. Well, I'm we trying to get to the show. Point. Know, but we have Plus, no- we're going out for dinner. No, but we have a couple of minutes of nonsense talk, though. <laughs> oh, okay. This, what do you call this? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you went, Rashmi was like straight into business. I'm but business. we do. This I'm is an business. important show. Yeah, what could is... be a more important exactly. show than to discuss the nominations? People, get your notepads if you want recommendations. Yeah, exactly. Recommendations, bring snacks. We're in it for a while. <laughs> yes. Okay, we did it's have snacks. Long I'm, I'm insisting on bantering, by the way. We did have snacks yesterday. Despite yes, the-, the fact that we're going out for a dinner. Yeah, we're, we're going to a sushi omakase. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I'm Together, kind of which is always nice. At the Michelin star. Yeah. No less. There's in San Diego. San Diego, which- recently, like, until like a couple of years ago, San Diego had zero Michelin stars. Right. The, 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 the star giveth people did not come How do us. you know it's not one of us? <laughs> Well, <laughs> if it was you, I'd be very surprised, Yazdi. You're <laughs> a dark Yazdi. horse. No, there are things no. inside that closet that I'm just... There is. There is. <laughs> like, we never... Do we really know, Yazdi? <laughs> do we really know anybody? Do we... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but if you are a Michelin Guide person, why didn't you do anything for <laughs> yeah, before. 20 years? But now I'm making up by awarding four restaurants in San Diego and one swell... Yeah, it's great. Swoop. And a ton in yeah. LA. yeah. It's so cool. four restaurants in San Diego are now Michelin starred. So get ye asses there. Yeah. yeah. Foodies unite. So we finally got recognition. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Cut the banter. Let's get into business. Let's do uh, it. So much to so talk much about. Content. Rashmi, I think you were going to lead us through this, right? No, I thought you were. No, was I? <laughs> Actually, okay. I will. Yazdi said he would. Yeah. Somebody. <laughs> yeah. This is how much Joe listens to our pre-show prep. Yazdi. Hey, hey, yes. I'm, I'm doing the tech stuff. We I'm might there. as well not do any I pre-production know. work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the seven minutes that we do. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm Techwala. I'm making sure we sound good. That, yes. That, that's what that's, I hope. That's, that's most yeah. important. That's where my role ends. It's true. Yes. All right, let's go. So we're going to start somewhat at the bottom. We cannot cover all the categories. So we're going to start with, we're going to only cover the main categories, the acting, four acting categories, best director and best film. Yeah. And we're going to build our way up from, um, to the highest category, which would be best picture. So let's start with best female supporting actor. And the four, the five nominees this year are Jesse Buckley in The Lost Daughter, Ariana DeBose in West Side Story, Judy Dench in Belfast, Kristen Dunst in The Power of the Dog, and Anjani Ellis in King Richard. So what do we think about those? Um, okay, so I've seen four out of five. I still haven't got around to watching West Side Story, I'm embarrassed to say. 
Um, I think this is a really decent list. Um, the only one I'm surprised that didn't make it in here is um, Regina King for The Harder They Fall, which I thought was a really good movie. I don't know if you saw it, Yazdi. Mm -hmm, it's kind of like um, a Western um, very stylish. Very stylish. And I thought Regina King really did a really good job there. But other than that, any one of these were on my list. Um, and I'll talk about Catriona um, Belf in Belfast when we get to um, the best actress category. But, you know, there was talk that was she was she supporting? Was she mate? Was she best actress? But I think this is a great list. I'm pleased with this. Yazdi, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think... Uh Judy Dench is plenty venerated, as she should be. But I think, for me, when I think back on Belfast, uh, the face that comes to mind is that of Katrina Belf. And I think either in Best Lead Actor, Female, or Best Lead Supporting Actor, she should have been picked. And so I, if it was a choice between her and Judy Dench, I would have picked Katrina Belf Same. any, any Same. day of the week. Joe, what do you think? Then we're going to ask Yazdi to give us a quick review of West Side Story as well. Oh, sure. Um, so, look, I mean... It's a great list. I haven't seen West Side Story, um, as neither have you, Rashmi, so I can't comment on that. But yeah, Judy Dench seems like the lazy pick. She's like yeah. the Meryl Streep pick. Yeah. Um, um, it was, it was, she's always good. But I mean, there was nothing especially memorable about that performance. So, you know, to, to see her Oscar nominated when there are so many other possible choices, um, just felt a little lazy by the Academy here, but delighted to see Jesse Buckley here. Um, I really felt very moved by that performance in The Lost Daughter. So that, that's the that's the one that I'm kind of happiest yeah. about. Um, and Anjanou Ellis, um, she yeah, you she, were really impressed by too. that performance. She, yeah, she Joe. made that she made that movie for me in so many ways. It she had very small part, but they, they were so important to get right, and she she did. She made me feel that. And I've seen that movie twice now, uh, and. You know, I'm I'm impressed by the performances all around, but hers hers is very deserving of of, of being on this list. So yeah. I'm delighted about that. Very pleased to see Kirsten Dunst here in the Power of Dog. I thought that that, as we said during that review, great performance. But Yasi, tell us a little bit about West Side Story since neither Joe or I watched that yeah. one. Yeah, I will, and I I do want to comment both on Kirsten Dunst and Anjana Ellis. I think I think Anjana Ellis adds so much texture to that movie. Otherwise, it would have been a standard biopic. I mean, the Will Smith character does as well, but she kind of really grounds the movie yeah. and she makes that character so specific. So I'm glad that with with them opening up the, the membership of the Oscars to more people, making it more diverse, I'm just glad that the right people are being recognized. Uh, Kirsten Dunst, I had an argument with somebody who were like, I can't believe she's nominated. She barely says anything in the movie. And I think that's exactly it. That's exactly it. She barely says anything in the movie because she's so um, overwhelmed by the men around her and their behavior. And, you know, she she does so much with so little. I mean, her face is, we don't, this is not the usual Kirsten dance. Yeah. This is a very kind of... It's in her eyes. It's in her eyes. And so I, I think it's absolutely deserving. She did a wonderful job. Um uh, as, as, far, as far as West Side Story goes, I went into this kicking and screaming because I'm like, some properties should just be left the hell alone. Yeah. You know, this West Side Story is one of the most, you know, venerated movies. Why make a remake? Why do it? You know, and I know it's Steven Spielberg who wants to do it. He worked with Tony Kushner as the screenwriter. And I, I went in really wanting to hate on the movie. And unfortunately, or maybe fortunately for it, it would not let me hate it. Uh, 
It is one of my favorite movies of the year. Wow. Uh, wow. And I think it, especially because I went into it with such a bad attitude. I really, really hated it. And I think what the movie, de- the movie does a lot of things right. One is it for me, it evoked that rarest of things, which is a nostalgia for film of a certain time when you felt like you were watching something magnificent, something, something, there's something very old fashioned mm. and very, you know, languid about it. I just, I felt the love for movies when I was watching it. And I think there was, as, as, as venerated as the original 1960s version of the movie is, um, the fact that they have taken what was problematic with that movie and fixed it. Mm. And they have kind of, at the end of the day, the movie ends a particular way. Um, I just was almost sobbing when I watched the end of the movie because it made me so sad that this is the world we live in right now where people just cannot let others who are different be. And in this case, you know, it's people of two different, you know, ethnicities. And, you know, even as I'm saying it, it sounds trite, but, you know, the movie really brought a sense of, you know, how much harm we are doing to each other just because we look different or because we speak a different language or we have come from another country. And to convey that and make it kind of relevant to, you know, how we right now are dealing with things, I think, is something else. So is it a modern day take, Yazdi, on? It's still set in that time? Correct. So it's it's a... Modern telling of still the 1960s. Correct. Okay. Correct. But it's but a lot of the themes are very, very relevant. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. And I think they, the movie does take a few liberties. Uh, a lot of the picturizations are different. Sometimes different characters play the same songs. Um, and then I think the other thing that the movie uh, really does well is I'm a hopeless romantic. And this Maria and this Tony, when they lock eyes with each other, everything falls away. And this is very, very hard to convey in cinema because, you know, it comes off looking trite or yeah. cheap. But you completely believe that, you know, these two people, this Maria and this Tony, are so overcome by what they feel for each other that everything else becomes irrelevant. That's very difficult to convey. And and I love that the, the, the leads in here, they are very physically driven they, they are there there is a there is a sexual chemistry that they cannot they cannot deny it. they they cannot restrain it they can't help being with each other mm. which again is very difficult without making it seem sleazy and it's done really well yeah. this maria is very very physical she makes all the first moves she you know she is a teen who is bursting with hormones and this is the man and she cannot help you know, yeah. just reach out to him. And so of it's course, beautiful. the original Maria, who was Rita Morena, is in this movie too, right? Uh, the original Maria was not Rita Morena. Oh. The, uh, the the character played by Ariana DeBose. Okay. Right. So so it's Sorry, interesting yes. that that um, the, the the same... The one who's actually nominated. Correct. The, the same Oscar for which Rita Moreno won... Uh, an Oscar. The same role for which Rita Marino won an Oscar is the role that's played by Ari- by uh, Ariana DeBose. Ariana DeBose, and she's nominated again. Yeah, Ariana DeBose is Ariana DeBose was in the prom last year with that awful, awful movie. Do you remember? Yes, she is amazing here. She is a crackling spitfire of a person, and she brings so much energy. And there is the, there is one scene in the movie where. 
she has to look outside of her own self and her mm-hmm. own rage and do what is right and she makes it stick and it's just my heart just burst when i said oh my god i cannot believe you're doing this so you know roger ebert always said that people it's not sad things which make make you cry it's people being good in spite of everything else around them which makes you emotional it made me very emotional so i am a convert i love this movie i really do so who is story. your pick let's do a who's your pick for for this this category joe why don't you go first i mean if the ones that are listed here goodness me uh, it's tough i'm going to have to go with the one that moved me most was anjanu ellis mm-hmm. with a with an also ran for Jesse Buckley, but Anjanou Ellis was that, that was the one in the list that of the ones I've seen that King me the most. Yeah. Yasdi. Anyone but Judy Dench. And again, I love Judy Dench. I, I pray at her feet, but I think here it's, it's like, la- it's a lazy pick. Uh, and if you absolutely choose my arm, I think it would be between Jesse Buckley and Anjanou Ellis. I think they both um, are relatively small parts. I think Jesse Buckley was a big surprise. She was not in anybody's expectation for this. And, and she's, she is, she's a singer by profession. I didn't Correct. even realize that. And she you know, started acting in movies and now she's one of our best actors. And I want her yes. to get some recognition so she continues to do the amazing work she and does. And we loved her in that movie last year. Wasn't she nominated last year as no, well? No, but... Um, with the same... Um, with Jesse Plemons? Yeah, with Jesse oh, yeah, Plemons. Yeah, um, Oh yeah, I, I she was in the Wild Rose, which was a really yeah. fun little British independent. I'm movie. thinking of ending things. That's right. Yeah, I'm thinking of ending things where she was excellent. Yeah, my money is on. I think it's Kirsten Dunst here this year for the Power of the Dog, and I feel like the Power of the Dog has got so much um, velocity momentum, momentum yeah. that it might be her year this year, and I would be very happy. But Anjanou Alice, she was great in King Richard. Yeah. Should okay. we move on to the yes, next one? Yes, let's do it. So the next category is Best Supporting Actor Male. And for this we, this one, we have Kieran Hines from Belfast, playing uh, Judy Dench's uh, uh, husband. Uh, Troy Kotsur from Coda. And we haven't discussed Coda, but we, we will in just a minute. And I think he's the first hearing impaired male to be nominated for an Oscar in an acting, uh, in an acting category, first time. Uh, Jesse Plemons from The Power of the Dog, also a surprise nomination. People didn't expect Jesse Plemons to pull to pull a Oscar nomination yeah. again, giving a sense for how much steam The Power of the Dog is gathering. J.K. Simmons for being the Ricardos, uh, and then Cody Smith-McPhee for The Power of the Dog. So, Rashmi, reactions? Uh, again, I think this is a very decent list. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised that J.K. Simmons in Being the Ricardos is here. I think it was a great performance when we did the review. Um, I didn't know if it was Oscar-worthy. The one I'm sad, and and I know we haven't spoken much about the House of Gucci, um, but I was sad that maybe Jared Leto wasn't, Jared Leto wasn't on the list. Um, I didn't like the movie House of Gucci. I thought it was very... Um, Over the top over the top and just ridiculous that everyone spoke in Italian accents um, in the English language. Um, but Jared Leto did a good a good rendition. I think it ended up being a little bit caricature. So I think this is a really, really decent list. Troy Kotzer in Coda is fantastic. Coda is my favorite, one of my favorite movies of this year. So I'm very happy to give that love. But let's think talk about the nominations and then we'll go back to, to Coda. Joe? You know... This is a difficult list for me because I didn't really love any of the performances I've seen. Now, mind you, I haven't seen Coda, so um, you know that's that's 
obviously one that I can't judge, but of the others listed, they're all fine performances. Is it the best work that I've seen any of these guys do? No. Um, so honestly, I'm, I'm finding myself a little indifferent to this one. Uh, if forced, you know, gun to my head to pick, um, like I say, I haven't seen, um, Coda, but I would have to go with, with Jesse Plemons, even though I think he's done much better work than he, his role in this movie, I don't think was that important. And so, you know, that it just didn't have much of an impact on me compared to the power of the other performances. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. um, and Cody Smith McPhee, honestly, I had to remind myself who he was. I know that sounds terrible, but it didn't have an impact on me in terms of the character uh, and the the role he played in that movie. So yeah, and for yeah. our listeners, let's just remind them. So Cody Smith McPhee plays the son, and Jesse Plemons plays. Um the, the, the brother yeah. of Benedict Cumberbatch of all the main fine character. Performances, all fine just, performances, just not memorable for me personally. No, yeah. these, these didn't land with me. Yeah, and again, we were talking about um, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I thought Jesse Plemons did a much better job in that movie last year. Yeah, I think all of Jane Campion's movies are, it's all under the surface. So everybody's kind of doing a lot of very subtle work. And his, his character to begin with is more subtle than that of the others. So he kind of gets lost. I'm glad that, I think his, again, he probably wrote the coattails for the momentum for the movie and landed landed a nomination. But I, I won't begrudge it. The, the two that don't belong here, I think, are Kieran Hines and J.K. Simmons, especially J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons has like one... Like, even if they show a clip at the Oscars, I think there's like one speech, he, one piece of dialogue that he has with uh, the Nicole Kidman character towards the end of the movie. And I, I'm i surprised how well being the Ricardos has done at the, at the Oscars at all. Yeah, I am um, too. And I think it's still, here, here's what I will say, is that I think it's still Mass's, uh, Mass's oh place. So the movie Mass um, is absolutely blow away. So I'm shocked that neither... Reed Burney or Jason Isaacs did not get any recognition. Um, and that's that's a travesty. So I would replace, yeah, probably both um, J.K. Simmons and Cody Smith-McPhee for both of those actors I just mentioned in the movie Mass. Yeah, Mass is such an amazing film. And, and the, four, the four actors in yeah. that movie, they all equal, they have all equal screen time. I think their acting is better than anything else I've seen this year. So the fact that the the Academy just completely ignored any of the acting nominations in Mass is just unforgivable. Maybe they didn't get their screeners. Yeah, well, yeah, they should watch it. And, and, our, and our listeners, you know, if we can champion small movies, the year's one, you should absolutely seek out M-A-S-S. It'll devastate you. It's it's just acting. There's nothing else. Yeah. Yeah, it's just amazing. It's a showcase of best acting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, if I had to pick, I would go with Troy Kotzer because he kind of came out of nowhere. He was an actor I didn't know of and he's so sweet and he's so authentic and believable, even though he's kind of playing to the to the bleachers. I mean, he 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 is he's the most crowd-pleasing and already a very crowd-pleasing film. So I think, you know, he, he has a lot going there. Uh, and then a movie that I saw recently, we don't need to discuss it, was Zola and Coleman Domingo in that I think should have been nominated for. He plays a pimp and he's just so scary. 
uh, he's just amazing in that movie. But uh, from those, I, I think I would I would go with Troy Kultzer and Coda. Yeah. Should we talk quickly about Coda? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so Coda was um, Coda stands for Children of Deaf Adults, mm-hmm. um, and for me, this is a movie that charmed me and blew me away. You're in good hands. You know you're in good hands right from that first scene that the the movie opens with. It's so charming, so funny. Um, it's a beautiful coming of age story. But the main thing is, it's about being disabled in an able-bodied world, right? Because um, this this young girl is coming of age, and she's the only hearing person in her family which is made up of you know her mother her father and her brother and they're all deaf and so it's about it it kind of turns disability on her on its head because she's the different one in that family and so it becomes this beautiful exploration of what it means to be different Um, and it's got a great soundtrack great music yeah I mean I think uh, I wouldn't be lying if I said this is the movie that Maybe maybe Mass and Coda are the two movies which moved me the most this yeah. year. I was just a blubbering mess. Me the, too. And it's not that bad things happen in this movie. They don't. But just watching this girl struggle. I mean, we all struggle with what the world wants us to be versus who we want to be. And this movie takes it to a whole other level because she, her ambition is to sing. And can you imagine the irony that she wants to sing when everybody else in her family cannot hear? And so what is her response? She is she's kind of the conduit for her family to the outside world, which is hearing. And if she if she if she walks away, her family is left with everybody who cannot hear. And so she feels so she feels so obliged to be there for her family, and yet she wants to be a singer. And this is such a beautiful feel good movie and it's done with so uh, just an abundance of love and charisma and charm the lead actress is wonderful uh, Mar- uh, Marley Matlin who was yes. you know who was the youngest uh, hearing impaired actor to win an Oscar actually the youngest uh, female actor to win an Oscar at that time she plays the mother Please, if you have an Apple subscription, drop everything else you're doing and turn on Coda. You will thank us. It's yeah. just a lovely, lovely movie. One of the best movies this year. I was so happy to see it. We're going to talk about it. Um, it. It pops up again as best movie. I mean, there's a reason it's there. Yeah. Okay, take us on, Yazdi. So the next one is Best Male Actor, and the nominees are Javier Bardem for Being the Ricardos, Benedict Cumberbatch for The Power of the Dog, Andrew Garfield for Tick, Tick, Boom, Will Smith for King Richard and Denzel Washington for the tragedy of Macbeth. Rashmi. Um, or, or Joe. <laughs> yeah, Joe, why don't you go first? Sure. Uh, again, a category uh, I can't say I'm super qualified to talk about only because being the Ricardos, Tick, Tick, Boom and tragedy of Macbeth did not make it onto my uh, viewing list. So I've got some catch up to do before the actual ceremony. But of the two that I saw, I mean, I did I did see a little glimpse of, of Denzel in Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, I tuned out because Shakespeare ain't my thing. Um, of the two I saw, Benedict Cumberbatch and, and, Cumberbatch and Will Smith, very powerful, both very, very powerful performers. I think the Benedict Cumberbatch role, arguably in a movie that is so reserved it at times when i think back feels overcooked right like in a movie that's so dialed back in its tone you know that's that's so gentle in the way that it talks about i i see cumberbatch my recollection of it is this pot of rage that's spilling over in the movie so um 
Sure. Very powerful performance. Definitely worthy of the Oscar nomination. Don't begrudge him that. But my favourite here has to be Will Smith in... And I have, I think we, I talked about this in the review. I have so many problems with Will Smith as, as an actor, as a person, as a personality persona. Um, but he nailed this performance. He really did. Um, King Richard is such a multidimensional, spiky character and he, he communicated him really well. He not only captured the physicality of the man, but he, 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 he got across how spiky and difficult uh, the, the person can be while still making him somehow the hero of the movie. So really great work here by Smith. I mean, you know, it's an actor's dream. It's a very rich role to mine, but I think he delivered. Yeah, I think it's a handsome list. Um, I'm. We haven't done a formal review of Tick, Tick, Boom, so we can do that once we've kind of gone through the list a little bit. Um I'm surprised Andrew Garfield's here. I think I wanted to see again any of the mask, the two mass um, actors. Yeah. And I'm surprised that Jude Hill from Belfast is not on the list. I know it's a youth performance and what we always say about, you know, youth performances and it's all in the directing. Um, but I could have done without Andrew Garfield here. And Denzel is excellent in the tragedy of Macbeth, but it's just, it's just Macbeth. Yeah, I mean, I I have nothing against Denzel Washington, and that's a fine, fine film. But I think it, I don't know if it's his his choice or the uh, Ethan Cohen's choice. But he whispers all of the famous soliloquies, so it's it's he everything is said in a hushed tone, and so he never really rages, and he never really kind of uh, elevates you know his voice or anything. So everything is very dreamlike. So to me, actually, the lazy pick here does seem to be Denzel Washington yeah. because. I don't think this is an exceptional performance. Um, and like you, I, you know, I don't know what it is about Tick, Tick, Boom, but it's just not, it's not my, it's not my jig at all. So I'm, I'm a little surprised. I, I know that, you know, uh, Andrew Garfield has his, has his, uh, you know, fans and a lot of people think he did incredible work there. But I, I just think in terms of the power, that movie just doesn't hold the power that the other ones do. Uh, Will Smith, you know, I'm always team Will Smith. Uh, I think I think his finest work is still yet to come. And I, I think he just did, he took that role and ran with it. And yeah. It's a very difficult, very complex role. And he made it work. Um, Benedict Cumberbatch also. So I think for me, it would be between Benedict Cumberbatch and Will Smith. Javier Bardem again. I don't know why he's nominated. He was okay. He was good. He was good. He was the. He was. The, I think I remember saying in the review he was the standout performance for me in that movie. Yeah. But he's not. But it's nothing. You know, it's nothing special. Yeah, especially because when I think back of you know other like Nicolas Cage and Pig was so good. I yeah. Thought, uh, Peter Dinklage and Serrano is so good. Jason Isaacs in Mass. Um, Riz Ahmed in Mogul Mowgli, a movie we saw earlier this yeah. year, so brilliant. Yeah. So there was a lot of unusual things they could have picked. Uh, but for me, it would be between, like like you, Joe, it would be between uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and Will Smith. Yeah, agree. Okay. Agree. So let's talk a little bit about Tick, Tick, Boom. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, was sh I didn't know that Andrew Garfield could sing, um, and he sings really well. Um, and I thought, you know, when I watched it, gosh, he does... He's a good actor because I just watched The Eyes of Tammy Faye probably a month previously, and he's a complete chameleon. This is not the role he plays in, in The Eyes of Tammy Faye at all. Um, it's got good music. Um, it's meta because 
it's yeah. a movie about a man who's creating a play. Yeah. So it's a very strange construct um, that either works for you or it doesn't. I, I was a bit indifferent to it. Um, but, but Andrew Garfield is charming. I mean, I have to give him that. I don't know if it's an Oscar-worthy performance. Um, and, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. This guy, de- this guy spent most of his life trying to create the perfect play, and then he died the day before Rent, Rent opened, right? It's the movie about how Rent was made. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's okay. If I had to score the movie, I would have probably given it... Like probably like a, a seven, six, six or seven out of ten. Yeah, it didn't blow me away. Yeah, so and it's available on Netflix, I think. It is. It is on Netflix. Yeah. So Jonathan Larson, who 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 wrote and directed Rent, he had made a play before that, which was Tick Tick Boom, and I thought this movie was a picturization of that play, but it's not. This movie is a picturization of what happened to the writer after he had finished Tick, Tick, Boom and was starting to write about Rent. So it's more a real-life observation of the creator of Rent. Um, and I think of maybe of all the actors in this list, maybe Andrew Garfield is doing more just in terms of quantity. He has to do a lot more, a lot more singing, a lot more flexing of his muscles, but I think it never really rose up to me. Uh, it, it, I don't know why, but it just didn't, uh, it didn't get to me, so... Yeah, I mean it, it's. I mean it, it's on. It's on Netflix. Uh, people should check it out, especially if you have, like, a theater background, or if you're interested in, you know, uh, how difficult it was for him to get this made. Okay, should we go on to the best actress yeah, category? Let's do it. So, best female actor. The nominations are for Jessica Chastain in The Eyes of Tammy Faye, Olivia Colman for The Lost Daughter, Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers. Nicole Kidman for Being the Ricardos, and Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Who wants to? Um, okay, I'm just pulling up my notes. Um, yeah, again, this is a, a very handsome list. I think this is probably one of the most difficult categories. Um, the only one I wouldn't put here and I would have swapped in, I don't think Nicole Kidman. This is not her best work. Um, I didn't love the movie, so I think I'm finding it hard with any of the Being the Ricardos nominations in this Oscar um, nomination categories across all of them. So I would take Nicole Kidman out and I would put in either um, Martha Plimpton or Anne Dowd from Mass. So that's a big, big, um, that was a big faux pas for me. Jessica Chastain was absolutely phenomenal. And I think I mentioned that when we did the review review in the eyes of Tammy Faye. The movie wasn't that great on reflection, but her performance is phenomenal. She is a chameleon. Um, again, Oliver, uh, Olivia Coleman did good work in The Lost Daughter. Um, I don't know, again, if that's an Oscar-worthy film as such. Mm. So... It's an interesting category for me. And again, Kristen, Kristen Stewart was phenomenal as, as um, Princess Diana in Spencer. But again, Spencer the movie, highly average. Yeah. Yeah, we haven't discussed Spencer, but I, I found that movie almost... I didn't realize what the movie was. I thought this was another biopic of, yeah. of, of uh, Princess Diana, and it's not at all. It's somebody's interpretation of the absolute psychological horror that yes. was Diana's mind during a particularly tumultuous weekend. 
and it's somebody's reimagining of how she might have felt yeah, it's during fabulized. those two days. It's fabulized. Yeah. And so because everything is so heightened, because she's just going through one breakdown after the other, it 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 it, it reads in the movie. You know, it's almost like a horror. It's like a psychological horror. Yeah. She's yes. breaking down. So I found it so shrill because it was just like she's just constantly losing it. And I, I kind of, it kind of had the opposite. It really turned me off as a movie. So I understand. Unfortunately, after I finished watching it, I understood what they were trying to do because otherwise, I find like, why is this person overreacting? You know, surely she knew about this before <laughs> she got married. You know that she would have to do all these things. So anyway, and I, I, Christian. Stuart, I found her very, very... She was trying hard and she physically looked the part, but I never believed her. I yes. Really? Believe, yeah, it was too arch. It yeah. felt too stylized. I felt the same way. I mean, I think um, the movie itself was like being shouted at yeah, for so know, much an hour and a half. And, yeah. you know, those kind of things, they, they can work. But again, I think this particular version of Diana's... Um, the story that didn't didn't work and as a consequence like you asked i just couldn't buy like the I, I she she had she had diana down but i couldn't buy the performance but that's because of the movie rather than the performance right so i struggle to see it on this list and that that's that's my problem yeah i feel as a movie the ceremony of it all seems so outdated like a modern day downton abbey right it, it when we've had things like downton abbey and other gilded age and all of these you know upstairs downstairs type movies it it didn't quite work that contention between the butler and the mm -hmm. and, and diana didn't quite work for me and i think yazdi this did that thing where you always say it doesn't paint anyone sympathetically or kindly it feels like it hates every one yeah. of the the cast except maybe the kids but sure. even that yeah sure. but otherwise yeah but every, everybody comes off everyone really comes awful. off look, looks yeah. really really bad so I didn't love it as a movie but I do recognize her performance and how hard she had to work and I think although it was a it, it felt like a very cardboard type performance in mm -hmm. some ways I feel like she captured the essence of Diana really well when you look at old interviews um from from the from the eighties, I thought she did a good job of capturing the essence. So I think she's actually deserving to be on here. Does she deserve to win? Absolutely not. Yeah. But I'm glad to see her on here. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. I will not begrudge her. I, th I think the fact that a twenty-something American actress can play Princess Diana credibly—that's that's a huge, huge, huge mountain to climb. That yeah, I think I think she she's worked very hard for it. Uh, like you, I think the one who doesn't belong here is Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos. Look, she's working very hard in that movie, but I think Nicole Kidman. There's two ways of doing it. Either you try to just. Um, uh, imbibe the the energy and the and the kind of sensibility of that character, or you go for a complete physical emulation. And I think Nicole Kidman's uh, um, playing of Lucille Ball kind of felt somewhere in between. At some time, she was trying to do the voice and look at, look at it physically. I thought she was awful. Yeah, and so I I liked the movie as a documentation of what happened and what they might have dealt with, but. You know, because it was, it, it felt like it could have been about any other couple. Anytime I tried to align what I was seeing in the movie with my image of Lucy, it just kind of uh, fell away. Amy Poehler has just directed a documentary which was shown at I Sundance. I heard about that, yeah. Which is opening uh, on 
Amazon next month. It's called Lucy and Desi, which is supposed to be brilliant. And I can't wait to see that because that's actual footage of Lucille Ball and Desi, Ar uh, Desi Arnaz. Um, Jessica Chastain rises above all the makeup and all the caricature to yes. make, make it believable. And then Penelope Cruz, you know, in a very, very small category of actors who are nominated from a foreign film. That doesn't happen very often. So... And uh, and we haven't spent much time, we haven't talked about Parallel Mother, so maybe we can give that one a quick review as yeah, well. Yeah. Uh, but like you, I would replace I would replace Nicole Kidman with uh, Anne Dowd from Mass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, let's go back to Parallel Mothers then. Um, I know this one affected you deeply, Joanne Yazdi. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting film. Um, I went into it knowing very little about it and knowing um, very little about the, the premise, the story, the, the, the performances, the, the actors who were in it. Uh, so, yeah, sometimes those movies can catch you off guard, maybe at the moment. But this movie really worked for me. It, at its worst, you could kind of describe it, and this is going to sound horrible, but it, it kind of feels like one of those Latin American soap operas, like, yeah. a, like a novella, right? And, and that that's to be the most harshly critical of, of how the movie is. And it, I say that because it, it weaves its story in a somewhat obvious manner you right there there are there are twists and turns in the plot that didn't surprise me at all um really they, one, it, one did it kind they... of signposted to me it kind of signposted them as we went along so the moments where i knew that my jaw was supposed to drop it didn't drop but that didn't affect any of my enjoyment of this movie i really i really went on its journey with it it's a very well-told story it's it takes place um in a in a very um you know, focused, kind of compact little world. It could and, be a stage play. And mm -hmm. Penelope Cruz carried the movie brilliantly. I, I think she's a fine actress. I've always thought she does really good work. Her, her Spanish language work mm -hmm. is so much better than her English language work. Yeah. You know, clearly that's that's her her native tongue. But it's it's just a, it's a really believable performance in what is, you know, an above average but not exceptional movie. And, um, you know, I'm really pleased to see her in the Best Actress role. Really liked Parallel Mothers. It's, a, you know, if we were doing the full review thing, it would be a solid eight, nine for me. I really, really thought it was um, a, a movie that worked well. Yes. Yeah, it would be an eight out of ten for me as well. I think Pedro Almodovar, you know, she, she's her muse. You know, she's in, she's been in like seven or eight of his movies right now. I think what I really liked about Parallel Mothers is there's a lot of plot, there's a lot of plot in that movie. Yes. Like, you know, there it's two different women, you know, who are who are the two parallel mothers and their stories. And the movie kind of moves along at a very brisk pace. And you don't have a lot of time to kind of emotionally tether your performance. And even in those shots, like things have things are happening like within the first half an hour, like I don't know, six years of of life transpires. And to Penelope Cruz does an amazing job grounding everything. And, and then she does come to a point where she has to make a pretty difficult choice. And when it happened, I was just devastated. I was kind of more hurt than she seemed to be on the screen. And I think she was, she was like that because she didn't want to openly show how hurt she was. And I could completely understand her, you know, the, the kind of horrible dilemma that she was in. And then the other thing I wanted to mention is that Pedro Almodovar also kind of 
makes her character kind of a parallel to the history of of Spain in terms of some pretty shameful things which happened politically and even when that doesn't exactly work mm. i think it's kind of it's kind of credible that he's kind of tying in you know certain things which happened to political prisoners in Spain with her own story so i really liked it and penelope cruz is just incredible yeah Yeah, I think it's an interesting story, but I have to admit that I actually fell asleep um, halfway through, so I missed the middle half. I don't think that's the fault. Yeah, yeah, it's not the fault of the movie. It's the fault of me not being um, awake. But um, what I saw, I liked. Yeah, I would have to. I would have to do a banana rating on this one, Yazdi. I would give it seven bananas. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Should we go to the next category? Yes, let's do it. So let's do Best Director. And Best Director is Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, Jane Campion for The Power of the Dog, Ryusuke Hamaguchi for Drive My Car, and Steven Spielberg for West Side Story. And remember that this year, the, the Academy is going, it's been going back and forth on this forever. It's going to drive future historians crazy. But originally, there were five best films. Then we said, okay, there's going to be 10. Then they said it could be anywhere between five and 10, depending on some very arch rules they had. Now they're back to 10. So there are 10 movies which are nominated for best film, but usually the best director picks are meant to indicate which ones of those 10, you know, are, are more critical because they also picked a best director nomination. So... Oh What'd my gosh, where to start? Um, again, this is a really handsome list. I keep saying, saying handsome because I love Belfast. I love Drive My Car. I liked Licorice Pizza, but it was a little bit too precious. Uh, I liked Power of the Dog and I haven't seen West Side Story. I'm shocked. Um, so I think it's a good list. I'm sad that Mass isn't on the list. King Richard isn't on the list. Language Lessons. Remember that lovely little movie called Language Lessons by Natalie Morales that came during pandemic? She should have been on the list. And I think James Samuels for The Harder They Fall should have also been on the list. So I'm a bit sad that The Harder They Fall didn't get a lot of love. Um, Mass is a big, a big um, omission here for for me. Um, I mean, just in terms of length, most of these movies are over two hours long. Um, and I'm really sad that, um, the worst person in the world isn't on this list. Yeah. That is a, that is also an example of great directing, I think. Yeah. I think Ridley Scott would have been on my list had I had my way. And, and, uh, who was the director of Candyman? The female director. Oh um, yeah, um, I'll tell you. That movie was yeah. incredible. I know I, it's a shame. I, yeah, horror doesn't do well usually, but it's it's all comedy, yeah. unfortunately. So, you know, as as you know, accomplished Mia as the list. Mia de Costa. Thank yeah. you, goodness me. That's a, I, I should be slapped for forgetting that because I think, she, you know, she she was that there was a lot of challenge in that movie, and I, I would love to have seen her on that. Um, just trying to think of what else was on my list that, that would have made that. So, you know, it's it's a difficult category for me to to really talk about because I haven't seen three of them, which is horrendous. But uh, very glad to see Jane Campion here. I think that's deserved. Um, and, you know, Kenneth Branagh for Belfast, that's not a movie that worked really well for me, but I, I do understand movie. why yeah. he's yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, I think it's Jane Campion's year. I feel, again, we've talked about all of the... Um, all of the fireworks that are coming with Power of the Dog. Um, 
Drive My Car is excellent as well. So it's a, a good list again. Yeah, for me, this is interesting. I wouldn't have put Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, that movie, I don't connect with that movie. Kenneth Branagh, I, I think he's made much better movies, uh, honestly. Uh, I we'll, we'll talk about that some more. Uh, yeah, I think, that, like you said, exactly, this is Jane Campion's year. She's reached critical mass, and I think, uh, you know... I would be surprised if she doesn't do well at the Oscars. Um, Steven Spielberg for West Side Story again. Ordinarily like Steven Spielberg again, but <laughs> but you know he, he again what he's done with with his reimagining of the movie is pretty incredible. Um, and then I'm really surprised that Yusuke Hamaguchi again, a, a foreign film director for a Japanese movie, um, has been nominated for best director, which says how much support that movie has. That is a very unlikely movie to get any nomination, let, let alone Best Film, Best Director, Best Screenplay. It's a three-hour-long Japanese movie, which is very cold, uh, but it's also about so many things. So I, I'm, I'm so happy that this movie, Drive My Car, which is such an unlikely contender, is here. I, I would have also liked um, uh, uh, Denis, Denis Villeneuve for Dune. I was just going to say, I forgot here. my biggest snub. Yes, Denis Villeneuve needs to be on this list for what he did with Dune, given yeah. the level of difficulty and the delivery of that movie. It was masterfully done. Yeah. I'm so annoyed that I forgot yeah. about mentioning him. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, my, my favorite movie of the year is The Green Knight. And uh, God, it yes, it is. It is. And. Uh, you we know, found him. The only <laughs> one that the liked one. it. Yeah. The only one. And I, I would have loved to see that movie, uh, especially the director. It's your favorite director. I know. But, but, but yeah, I would have liked to see that movie uh, make a dent here. But uh, I would be very surprised if Jane Campion doesn't pick up the prize. Yeah. Yeah. She's, I think she's a hard She's a hard one. I think it's hers to lose. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Are we down to our final... And we haven't talked much about, um, there's still a, cu a couple of these that we'll cover right at the yeah. end. Yeah. But I just did want to say that I think all of the foreign language movies this year are all superb. And I'm yes. surprised that only um, Drive My Car made it into that best list. So, yeah. Do we want to talk about Drive My Car yeah, for just a second? Yeah. So there's so many things I love about this movie. I, I think it's, it's, <laughs> Its ambitions are just remarkable because it wants to comment on grief. It wants to comment on the need for human connection. It wants to comment on the creative process. I mean, there, this is a three-hour-long movie and a good one hour in the middle is just about this group of people who are working together to put up, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a theater production of Uncle Vanya, and they're all they're all Asian, but they are all of different Asian origins, and and it's it's going to be a production of people speaking different languages at the same time, and so it's very inclusive at the same time, and you know, the movie to me felt a little cold and detached, but I think that is only to its merit because when it is not cold and detached at the very end. The power of that is so much stronger. Uh, the lead actor in this movie, I think, was just remarkable. He, I would have liked him to be nominated as well. Um, and everything it is talking about, the unknowability of relationships, how you can really not... And about forgiveness. Uh, it's, it's dealing with all the big themes, and it's a movie I cannot stop thinking about. Same here. I'm so shocked. I love this movie. It's an unusual movie, and it's very it's a very slow burn, and you can't quite figure out where the story's going and who you should feel sorry for or empathetic to. 
and it just comes together. It's just this unraveling, a slow burn, and it's done so well. Um, and the acting is superior. Yeah, the acting. It's just is something I've never seen before. It's so unusual. It's it's about relationships and it's about grief and it's about so much more. Really good movie. I would recommend this. And one. and you know, for our, for our listeners who are looking to see if they should watch this movie, I think they should. It'll be a stick with it. Um, and I think to just reel you in, fundamentally, the story is about this relatively famous movie director who has been recently widowed, and he's been called to a small town in Japan to put up a production of a, of, a, of a theater of a stage show. And while he's there, he's assigned a woman to drive him around while he's in that small town, and. It's really about these two individuals uh, who have nothing to do with each other. She's from a very, very lower economic, socioeconomic class. And, you know, he is very reticent. He's not a very talkative person. And the movie, without succumbing to any cliche, kind of eventually gets to how the two of them might find some connection. And uh, it's really marvelous. Okay, let's then move on to our final, final category, which is Best Picture, the big one. Okay, so the nominees are Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, Drive My Car, Dune, King Richard, Licorice Pizza, Nightmare Alley, The Power of the Dog, and West Side Story. So 10 movies here. Oh my goodness. Again, um, not a bad list. I would Mm -hmm. give the Oscars probably like 7 out of 10 for this list. Um, I don't think Nightmare Alley deserves to be on this. (laughs) I think Mass deserves to be on this. Um, And I think I'm happy with most of the others. I love Don't Look Up. I think we covered that in a recent podcast. Um, We've just talked about Drive My Car. King Richard was great. Um... I think Licorice Pizza, you know, we've talked about it. It's a handsome movie. Mm -hmm. It deserves praise because it's covering a lot. Um, But again, I'm sad that the dual mass language lessons um, and the harder they fall aren't on this list. Worst person in the world. Yeah, uh, exactly. A lot of those foreign language movies should be on here. And I'm really shocked that the movie Passing didn't get any love at all. Passing came with a lot of fanfare and it's um, a very interesting movie. It's a movie set in the past, but it's very relevant to kind of how we view color and um, it's all shot in black and white. It's beautiful to look at. Um, It's got great acting. I'm really shocked that's not on the list and didn't get more love. Yeah, I think... uh uh, Ruth Nega in that movie was yeah, everybody had presumed exactly. that she had a lock on a best female supporting actress nomination and she did not secure one so that was surprising yeah um, and uh, about West, uh, worst person in the world it, it is a movie which got a surprised uh, surprise nomination for best screenplay which again is unusual for a foreign film and again if folks are looking to watch a very lovely kind of surprising uh, devastating, funny movie. So you, good. You couldn't do much better than Worst Person in the yeah. World. It's a Norwegian movie about a girl. It's a coming of age about her dealing with life and what's important to her in terms of relationships. And 
talk about an oversight. I think um, Renata Rainsby, who plays the lead lead female actor in it, she's all kinds of brilliant. Yeah. Just like Penelope Cruz got a nomination for Parallel Mothers from a foreign film, I would have been happy to see her nominated for Best Person in the World. But remember that name, Best, sorry, The Worst Person in the World, you may want to look that up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm shocked that Flea is in animation and foreign language, but it didn't make it to Best uh, Movie as well. I think it it's deserving of that Best Movie um title as yeah. well and flee to its it became uh, it it said uh, it broke history it broke a history record because it's the first movie ever to get three simultaneous nominations for best documentary best animated film and best foreign film so no movie has you know gotten a nomination for all three and i think it deserves every one of those yeah flee is on um, i believe it's on hulu Or yes, I think you're right. Or Amazon Prime, Amazon. maybe. Or maybe Amazon Prime. Yeah. Lovely, lovely hour and a half documentary with brilliant animation. Yeah. It'll break your heart. Yeah. Uh, watch Flee. F-L-E-E. Yeah. Joe, do your reaction. And then we haven't done uh, Flee or Nightmare Alley or Hand of God will cover. Sure. So um, I'm not going to talk too much about the best picture list because I think we've covered a lot of it. I'm not happy with Don't Look Up being here. I think it was a fun movie, but why is it why is it on this list? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the only other thing I'll say is that for me, the you know personal favorites on this are Dune and King Richard. Uh, both movies were extraordinarily well executed. I'm not sure that they will win over The Power of the Dog. They, that movie has so much momentum, but my personal favorite would be one of those two, Dune or King Richard. And I would probably lean towards Dune as my favorite on the list, but you know i can i can understand why it's not everyone's cup of tea um not a bad list again there's just so much other stuff that should have made it into it and we've talked about that already yeah the two that don't belong here for me is nightmare alley i think it's a very handsome movie it's a labor of love it's gorgeous to look at but i just don't think it's best best uh, movie material And then, unfortunately, don't look up Rashmi. I I don't think that. I mean, it has a brilliant first half, but then it just goes to goes to. It's so clever. Jump. It is clever, but then it's too on the nose. Best picture, really. <laughs> really, I, like I said in our, our previous <laughs> podcast, I think it's it's very frivolous and disposable on the surface. But when you look at what's really going on, it's fantastic. Uh, clearly, a lot of people think yes, like you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like an episode of South Park, but live. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's me. No, it's madcap. It's mania. Uh, for me, uh, for me, I think. Um, again, I'm so happy that again a foreign film made it into Best Picture. That does not usually happen. I think Parasite opened the gates yes. for that, and now Drive My Car is in for Best Foreign Film and Best Picture, which is uh, good for it. Uh, like you, for me, it's down to between um, The Power of the Dog and Dune. I think. I think I came out of Dune probably the most giddy of any movie this year. I just I just wanted to kind of cross over the aisle into a cinema across and watch Dune Part Two. I was I was so taken in by it. Yeah, and I I was a absolute lover of Belfast and Coda. I'm and Don't Look Up. So I'm Coda is the little movie that could. It's so small with no so no name good. actors, and it it broke into best foreign film. Uh, I mean, a uh, best film. So good for it, and it totally deserves it. Yeah. I don't know how Nightmare Alley struck in. Yeah, I don't know. I think in. someone paid a lot of money Somebody somewhere. Must have. So, yeah. Yeah. So I think that rounds up all the main categories. Yeah. yeah. And we can talk any about other mentions. I think. Um, Hand of God, I wanted to talk about. What mm -hmm. a delightful, again, a foreign language movie in Italian, coming of age, stunningly funny. It's 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 just, 
It's one, again, what I keep saying one of my favorite movies of this year. Just a brilliant movie. Coming of age done in a slightly different way. Um, I felt transported. I felt like we were on vacation in Italy, which I love. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked Hand of God so much that I think this is the movie that Kenneth Branagh should have made for Belfast. I mean, they're both coming of age. I mean, the Kenneth Branagh's autobiographical portion is a you know, is a little boy, whereas in Hand of God, it's a, it's a teenager. But I think Hand of God does it with so much more finesse and so much more depth and so much more believability. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Hand of God, you know, um, picked up a nomination. Yeah, yeah it, it's brilliant. Um, I was a real fan of um, the director, Paolo Sorrentino. Paolo Sorrentino. Yeah, he, he did a movie called Lauro, which was about Berlineski. With the Berlin. same actor who's in this one with and Tony Sevilla. he also did a movie called The Youth, which really worked well. He did one called, I think, The Great Beauty, which Great didn't which work yes, well. Which, yes, and I loved. And it, won, it won Best Foreign Film. Yeah. But he did, that one didn't work for me. But as soon as we got into Hand of God, and I thought, there's a, there's a familiarity here. I know I'm in good hands. And this movie was just... Like you say, Rashmi, it was complete escapism for a couple of hours. Like, I, I forgot about... Every, my entire world melted away, and I was in there... Very with, transportive. With, yeah. with, this, ...with this movie. So, um, really, um, that, that, that's a good pick. Yeah, and there's so many other movies, uh, you know, maybe in future episodes we can talk about, you know, the other movies which were nominated for Best Foreign Film... Uh, you know, best animated movie. I'm just so glad that both Luca and the Mitchells versus the Machines made it, which were relatively smaller movies. Uh, I think it's Flea's, Flea's Award to Lose. Yeah, you know, It's gotten so much, so much uh, traction. Agree. And I think it's always interesting when you find an animation that isn't a children's animation mm -hmm. in a category, so it kind of elevates the whole category. Um, I'm surprised Ryan the Last Dragon made it here, but oh well. I mean, it's, I liked it's it. a, it was okay. They did hair well, as we kept talking about. Um, the other one I'm surprised, now we're just going through our, I'm sure we're all looking at our lists of, of things that we liked over the year. I'm surprised that Simon Rex didn't pick up more love for Red Rocket. I don't think Red Rocket was an amazing movie, but his performance was outstanding. Um, so that was really good. I'm Any not, others that you guys want to mention? Yeah, I'm not a fan of that film. Red Rocket? Red Rocket. I uh, We can talk more about it. I, I don't know if we'll have a chance to do a separate review for it, but um, it's made by the director of The Florida Project and the director of... Um, Sean something. Sean Baker. Sean right. Baker, Yeah, right? Tangerine. Yeah, Tangerine, Tangerine and so forth. I had a fundamental problem with that with that movie, and maybe I'm just an old person who yeah, can't. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But Grumpy I just the... the entire movie is a justification for being sleazy. I think the whole the whole setup of the movie is about a kind of older man who tries to kind of falsely trick a very young girl into doing porn, and that's the whole movie. And I I mean it's it's funny and it's kind of. But I just couldn't shake off the feeling that the movie's kind especially in this Me Too world, it's kind of, it just dropped me the wrong way. Again, I'm going to bring up the movie Zola, which is also based on a very similar aspect, but that movie is just crackling with energy. And I think Zola, Zola is the movie that Red Rocket should have been. But anyway. Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that Adam Driver didn't get any love, given yeah. he worked really hard this year in The Last Duel, Annette, and... Um House of Gucci. Wouldn't he have been great for a best supporting for The Last Duel? Or even Ben Affleck for The Last Duel supporting actor? Yeah, yeah. I think and maybe so. he voted against himself, right? Because you have to pick 
one sure. performance. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and surprised that there wasn't a little bit more love for anything for, for the French Dispatch, which I know Joe's going to groan at any second. I was, and me probably too. his eyes are rolling and I'm gonna groan causing too. <laughs> him um, to fall over. It was a disaster. It was um, insufferable. But there were some good performances in it. Old style. If yeah. you say so. No substance. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think that's a good wrap up. Yeah. Right. 2021 so many movies so many, movies. Yes. So many good movies yeah you know it, 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 I, Hollywood's had challenges this last couple of years I think some of these movies were made during pandemic you know if you look at some of the movies that were made you can see that folks were social distanced when they and yeah. it's it, kind of a funny thing to look for but no I mean I'm really glad the movie industry is live and well I'm looking forward to a time in maybe this year will be the year when we all return in droves to theatres uh, because I think that industry is still struggling so um, yeah that's um, yeah. but in, in spite of that we got some real treasures here so um, good the, stuff the only other movie I, I hoped would make a showing especially in best foreign film is this absolute delight of a movie called I'm Your Man um, yes. which is so good it, it takes a stupid stupid concept and makes it throb and try so good and make it so complex and it, it's really about a woman who agrees to have a robot artificial kind of, intelligence an artificial intelligence robot kind of spend a few days with her just to see if he he meets her pre preset requirements of the ideal man, and that robot is played by Dan Stevens, the British actor who was in uh, Downton, Downton Abbey, Abbey, and he was and you, the Beast in Beauty and the Beast. And you would think that it would be a cheesy movie, that concept, but it's anything but it's cheesy. Excellent, and it gets so deep, and it gets so wonderful. Yeah, and it's all about nuance and just brilliant acting. I wish that movie deserves more viewership. Yeah, I that agree. movie is also on Hulu. If you have a Hulu membership, yes. please watch I'm Your Man. You will love it. Yes. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, let's wrap things up. Our friend Jeannie has arrived. Hello, Yay! Jeannie. Hey, Jeannie. Uh, we're all... Just in time for dinner. We're all about to go uh, feast on some sushi somewhere with uh, with, with our friend Jeannie. So um, glad to be wrapping up this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you've got this far, thank you. It's, it's probably an hour long. because Hopefully we haven't made you switch off the podcast. But thank you for listening. Uh, mail at moviewallers.com. Twitter.com slash moviewallers, Instagram.com slash moviewallers, Facebook.com slash moviewallers. Look us up, like our posts, follow us. We will love you back. Until next time. Too many movies, too little time. Goodbye from me. And me. And me as well.